1: He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I don't mean to sound negative or obstinate, but I've lived long enough to hear the opinions of countless numbers of professors and academics and countless preachers and countless people and everybody has their opinion. I'm not interested in opinions. I'm interested in truth. It's been a lifelong search for me to find truth and I've had to leave denominations. I've had to leave churches because all I wanted was the truth of Jesus Christ. And so in every way possible, I, on this broadcast, will bring you a straight, unvarnished word of God that is the truth. And I'll tell you, at the beginning of the broadcast, there is only one safe place for you and for me in this world and that is under the Pesach of God, under the wing of God, to be in Jesus Christ and Jesus in us. That's the only place of security I have found and the only one I know of. I want to share another opinion that I am utterly casting down. I have heard from quite a number of prophetic kinds of people that there will be no great revival at the end of time they say we can't find in scripture any reference to a great revival and yet pastor you're saying there will be a great revival yes there will be i'll read you the scripture it's found in acts the second chapter This is after the great wind of the Holy Spirit has blown through the upper room. It is after the tongues of fire have come upon each person who was there, men and women alike. And they are all speaking in various languages, and everyone is hearing the gospel of Jesus and glory to the Lord Jesus proclaimed in the language that they were most familiar with. They were astonished, and Peter stands up in Acts 2, verse 14, and he raises his voice and he addresses the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Now, watch carefully as I read this entire Joel passage to you found in Acts, the second chapter, verse 17. Listen as I read to you the whole context of this passage. And you'll very quickly see that this passage is not primarily for the day of Pentecost. Yes, Peter used it then, and yes, it was accurate then, but it was not meant for the day of Pentecost. It was speaking of another time, Watch as I read and see if you can pick it up. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy... I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, there are some who say, But there were wonders in the sky after Jesus returned to heaven. But read carefully. It says, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. The New Testament church did not experience the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. This is in reference directly to his coming in the clouds of glory to take his precious people out of this earth and return us to heaven. Now I want you to turn also with me please to Matthew Matthew, the 24th chapter. I'm going to begin reading for you at verse 26. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the desert, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner room. Do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. That is, wherever the dead are, the vultures will feed on them, or the eagles will feed on them. Immediately after the distress of those days, he's speaking about a time in the future history, just before his return, when there will be incredible stress, distress, He says, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. That's the same thing we read over here in the prophecy of Joel in the book of Acts. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet to call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. No secret rapture. Jesus is not going to sneak in and whisk away his people. Instead, he is going to come after a time of great distress We'll look later in Revelation, the sixth chapter, and it'll be very specific with us about what that distress is going to be like. It is going to be horrific, and we are right where the storm is beginning to break in America and in Europe. In Europe, stores are closing, pubs are Coffee houses, they're closing because suddenly their energy bill is 10 times what it was before. Small coffee house owned by a family. They used to pay $1,000, up to $1,000 for their utility cost. They just received a bill for 10,000 euros, 10,000, almost 10,000. It's $10,000 plus. And they said, we can't do this. We've We've got to close. We can't pay this. Great distress is coming. We'll speak more about that in just a moment. But I'd like you to go back with me to the story of Exodus, where Moses comes to take the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, why is this important? Because... In the story in Exodus, God step by step brings immense trouble and distress to Egypt. But he also brings great distress to the children of Israel, so they will want to leave when the opportunity affords itself. And so you find the plague of blood. The water is no longer Pure to drink, it has turned to blood. The ponds have turned to blood. Even the water they have in their houses has turned to blood. And they've been forced to go out and dig new holes in the sands along the Nile River where they could get a little bit of fresh water. It's a very difficult time. Now please, at no time in history has a nation ever been taken out of a nation? God is doing something very special here. He prophesied that after 400 years, he would bring the children of Israel out and he would plant them in Cana land. Well, likewise, he is now going to bring his people out of the wicked earth, the Egypt and he's going to take us to the Cana land, the promised land, heaven. He is going to employ many of the same tactics that he employed in bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. First, the plagues that are going to come upon America are going to come on both the non-believer and the believer in Jesus. So the distress will become so great that the Christians will no longer say, oh, we're comfortable here. We'd we'd like to stay a while. As one dear person said to me, oh, I don't want Jesus to come yet, Pastor, because I want my baby to enjoy the wonderful things here in America. Well, the wonderful things here in America are all going to disappear as vapor. And we're going to face the cold, hard reality of poverty and death and famine. Why? Because God is bringing a people out of the world, out of the dominion of Satan, and he is going to take us to the promised land. And it's not going to be secretly whisking us away. It's going to be a very public coming, and every eye is going to see him We'll look more at that in the sixth chapter. Now, please understand. We are going to see the plagues that fell on Egypt fall upon the entire world. Not in the exact order, but the same kind of plagues. The water is disappearing. Jackson, Mississippi Their water system has totally failed and no one can drink the water, flush the toilets. They can't use the water at all. In California, the drought is destroying their crops. The earth is burning up. I could show you in a number of passages of Scripture where it is prophesied that one of the last day difficulties will be the earth will become barren, drought-stricken. Now the next problem that came that we spoke of yesterday, the filthy frogs. As they came into the houses, they were disgusting. And then the gnats and the lice. The people felt Dirty and violated. They were miserable. The gnats were in their eyes and their ears and their nose. On the animals, everybody was miserable. But then, when God brought the flies and the livestock all died, none of that happened in Goshen where the children of Israel lived. When the boils came, When the hail and lightning came, none of that was in Goshen. And believe me, the livestock dying, the boils, the hail and the lightning, the locusts, the economy of Egypt was absolutely, completely destroyed. And there was famine and death on every hand. And then we read, not only did that happen, but then there came what is known as the Passover. Passover, the word is in the Hebrew Pesach. P-E-S-A-C-H. It means to spread the wing. God spread his wings over his people. What they had to do was slaughter the lamb at twilight on the 14th day of the month, take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the house. They would eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs, bread made without yeast. They were to eat this meal with their cloak tucked in their belt, their sandals on their feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. We're going to experience that again, where the Lord says, get ready, I'm coming. And you may be hidden in a cave. You may be hidden in the woods. I don't know where you'll be. But it's going to be a time of great trauma, It's going to be a time of great distress. Distress beyond anything you can imagine. And the angel of destruction passes over. But no destructive plague would touch the children of Israel. But Egypt was stricken. And the eldest son died. And Pharaoh drove them out. Now, please, this is what is going to happen again. In the book of Luke, it's very interesting. In Luke, the 21st chapter, verse 25, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. And you find in Revelation that the sea literally represents the peoples of the earth. Everybody's going to be in an uproar. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. We go to Revelation in just a moment. And we see that an asteroid will strike the earth. This is a time of great upheaval. It's a time of financial loss. I believe from what I have prayed about and asked the Lord about. That we will see a 90 to 95% drop in the stock market. In the value of real estate, all goods are going to totally drop in price. It will become very, very bitter. How bad it will become will depend on how quickly everything collapses. It will collapse. Why? God is going to accomplish two things, even as he did with Egypt. He is going to bring his people out of the world and he will bring them into glory. He will also, as he did in Egypt, punish the wicked Egyptians for they have mistreated the people of God. And the people of God have been desperately mistreated. Not in America, but in China and in other nations of the world. But we are going to see that same thing happen in America and soon. Great trauma is coming upon America. Now I want you to notice verse 28. When these things begin to take place, what things? The closing of the bank, the ending of cash, the digital currency, grocery stores closed, famine in the land, persecution in the land. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So this is not going to be for us any more than it was for the children of Israel, a time of terror. Yes, we're going to go through some very painful things as we rich Americans learn how to live humbly before Almighty God and with each other. We're going to have to learn how to trust in the name of Jesus. Even for our very lives, for food, and many yet will die as martyrs. I'll touch more when we get to the revelation portion. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you will know that the kingdom of God is near. I rejoice. The kingdom of God is coming. It's very near. He says in verse 33, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. This is not some locale. This is the entire earth the beast power is rising. We are going to see a total takeover politically and militarily of the beast power. He says, be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. It's time for us to cry out. Oh, Lord, do whatever you need to do in my life that I could stand before you on that great day of judgment and I would not be cast out. That I would be found hidden in you, Jesus. What are you going to do one morning when you wake up and the banks are closed and all the money that you thought you had in the bank has gone The bank has taken it because, you know, legally, any money that you deposit in the bank is considered a loan to the bank. And if the bank goes bankrupt, all of the money that you put there, they have the right to take and give to their creditors. And you are last in line. What are you going to do when you wake up? There's no money in the bank. It's gone. There's no social security. It's gone. There's no longer any money in your pension fund. The pension fund is gone. No more will be paid. It's bankrupt. What will you do? The Lord says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that's about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. There is only one thing that is important above everything else. And that is that you be in a place with Jesus that you can stand before the Son of Man and not be cast out. If you're still walking in known sin and compromise with the world, you will not be able to stand before the Son of Man. No, this is not Do the best you can do and God will accept you. It is entirely and completely being crucified with Christ, surrendering to him, beyond anything we in our culture have even begun to imagine. What would you do if you're told, if you're found with a Bible, you will be shot? Would you throw your Bible away? What if you're told that if you witness to anyone, you will be shot, imprisoned? We're entering a day of great anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. And many of you will faint in terror, apprehensive, About what's coming upon the earth as you face the reality that you're no longer in charge, that you cannot control what's going to happen in this world, that what you thought you have put away as a security is eaten away by the moth of inflation. The banks are bankrupt, they're closed. Your credit cards won't work. Your checks won't work. Stores will, for a short time, only receive cash. And then that won't be any good, and they'll go to a digital currency. Of course, that digital currency is going to fail, like all fiat currency fails, because there is nothing backing it up. You see, we are... We are on a countdown to eternity. I want to read for you again. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I want God's spirit poured out on you. And if you're walking in known sin and rebellion, if you're walking in sexual sin, if you're lying, if you're cheating, if you're stealing, if you're bitter, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, that spirit will not come upon you. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those foolish people who say that only men can preach. The Lord disagrees with that. I will pour out my spirit in those days, both men and women. They will prophesy. What is prophesying? It's preaching, it's proclaiming the wonders of God. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. The moon to blood. Before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We are going to have. When all of this begins to break. We are going to have. A short time. The most. Rev- powerful revival the world has ever seen and I believe the first who will enter into the kingdom of God will be the Muslims they will come to Jesus the Hindus the Baha'is the atheists the homosexuals the unclean The prostitutes, they will come. The homeless, the hopeless, they will come before the so-called righteous of our nation will come. Many times I sat on the platform with Pastor David Wilkerson at the Times Square Church And I looked down at the front two rows of that great sanctuary. And they were filled with homeless, prostitutes, drug, druggies. The first two rows were reserved for the world. And God moved mightily in salvation for them. I know in the coming of Jesus Christ... To prepare the way, there will be a great pouring out of the Spirit of God. There is to be a preparing for the coming of the Lord. Even as John the Baptist came preaching repent, so also we come preaching repent. And if a person is not preaching repentance and holiness, he is a false pastor. If he comes preaching that, oh, when Jesus comes, he's not going to see you. He's only going to see himself. He's lying to you. We'll talk about that next week in depth. But I'm here to tell you today, please. Jesus is coming. And we're going to go through a time of incredible Tribulation and suffering and persecution in the first three and a half years of what is called the tribulation. Now I'm going to bring you to Revelation, please, the sixth chapter. Right now, today, we are in the third seal. I'll read it for you. When the Lamb opened the third seal, this is Revelation 6, verse 5, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages. In other words, one man working one day would receive enough money to buy a quart of wheat. I'm serious when I tell you that we are going to see in the American economy a collapse of the stock market, 90 to 95%. Look at the price for the house you live in. The value of that house will drop 90 to 95%. It's going to be a very stressful, difficult time. A quart of wheat for a day's wages. Three quarts of barley for a day's wages. A quart of wheat is enough to feed a man for one day. Barley does not have the same food value, so it takes three quarts of barley for a day's wage. Now, That's for one man. What about his wife? Or the husband, if the wife is the one working? Or what about the children? As you can see, there's going to be famine in the land. There's not going to be enough food to feed the whole family. So who goes hungry? So in this third seal that is opened by Jesus... This will hit the American church. Many American churches will be foreclosed. They will lose their buildings because they have huge debt to Pharaoh. They did not follow the word of the Lord and pay only as they could to build. They took out million or multi-million dollar loans. They will lose their facilities. this plague is coming on the Christians. The second seal, the fiery red horse taking peace from the earth, it also fell on the church in the wars and constant wars that we faced. So these first seals are very specific in fact, I want to say to you that the four seals of the apocalypse, the four horses of the apocalypse are meant specifically for the church, or well, the whole world, but specifically for the church to prepare us to want to leave this earth and go with Jesus when he comes in the clouds of glory. In the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. This is going to be a time of immense struggle. Immense painful, hungry, sickness, pandemics. It is going to be a time of great persecution. It's going to be a time when Christians will be scapegoated. But only those who have made a decision to get right with Jesus and who have said, I need to be able to stand before the Son of Man when he comes in the clouds of glory. I want to be able to meet him. Oh, I want to see his face. I want to look upon him as he is. There's going to be great persecution. And many of us will die. If you look at the fifth seal, it is not opened by the riding of a horse of the apocalypse. Instead, the fifth seal is only dealing with those who have been martyred during this Third and fourth seal. And they're crying out to the Lord in heaven, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each one of them is given a white robe. They're told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. In other words, God has a number of people christians you see the revival is going to bring it's going to sweep many people into the kingdom of jesus christ and it will arouse such bitter anger against christians these will be christians who will not compromise with evil they will not compromise with darkness they will instead reach out in love and compassion to the lost and the dying they will feed the hungry they will care for the wounded but they will be hated by Satan and by the world and by the world system. They will come out of the world, the world culture. They will totally come out and they will be martyred because many have lived in such compromise and even not knowing Jesus Christ. They're going to have to go through a great deal of trouble and persecution to prepare their hearts to go into the presence of Jesus Christ. This will be a time of of grave suffering as men and women mature quickly in Jesus, as they grow up without all of the foolishness of our church today, without the entertainment, without the cotton candy without the jokes it's going to be straight up get right with jesus you've got to stand before him in the great judgment and it's coming jesus is even at the door it's going to be a time of intense turning to jesus there will be great weeping sobbing as men and women look honestly at the wickedness of their lives as they have lived it to this point, and they will be on their faces confessing their sin and getting right with Jesus. Many of you listening to this broadcast still have not done that. You're still playing the good American game. You are an intellectual Christian, but you still love the world and the things of the world this time of the fourth seal will totally separate the righteous from the unrighteous. When it's no longer advantageous to you to say you're a Christian, but instead it puts a mark on you that says you should die. Now you're going to become a very serious Christian or you will turn aside and say, I'm out of here. I don't want this. I want to live. I want to have a life. And then I watched, he says in verse 12. This is Revelation 6, verse 12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. Remember that these seals are, are the plan of God for the redemption of his people and the punishment of the wicked. And so the, the third seal and the fourth seal are specifically dealing with getting the heart of the Christian ready to go into eternity. I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned red, and the stars in the sky fell to the, to the earth as late figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Where have you heard that before? Isn't that what I read to you in Luke 21? Isn't that what I read to you in Matthew 24? yes. Jesus is coming. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called upon the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Who can stand? Can you stand? Or will you be with those who are hiding out? Because you're not ready. You're unclean. You're filthy yet before God, and you know it. Now, something happens here. There's an interlude, chapter 7, and it's where the 144,000 Jewish people are sealed. This is Jewish people, not Christians, who are, who are not Jewish. But then listen. Verse 13. This is still under the sixth seal. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where'd they come from? And I answered, sir, you know. He said, they are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Has somebody told you that you're not ever going to go in the tribulation? Then they're wrong. The scriptures say, if those who are taken to heaven have come out of the great tribulation, then if you haven't come out of the great tribulation, you didn't go to heaven. It says, They are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. spread his wing over them like he did the children of Israel. And never again will they hunger, and never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, I read that passage, and it's very clear that Christians are going to go hungry during the Great Tribulation that we're going to get very thirsty. That the sun is going to beat upon us with scorching heat. But he's going to lead us to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So apparently during the sixth seal of Revelation 6, Jesus will come for his people. I praise God for this. I praise God. This is all going to end soon. But prepare your hearts for a time of great distress and tribulation. Prepare your hearts for persecution. Get your affairs in order. Do what the Lord tells you that you must do to prepare your hearts Stop going to that laid-back, casual church full of entertainment and no conviction of the Holy Spirit. Stop going to it. Get out. Find a place where you can worship God in holiness, in righteousness, where arrows of the Holy Spirit pierce your heart and unveil your wickedness so that you can be prepared to stand before Jesus. We're right there at the door. It's happening right now. The storm is breaking upon us, even as I'm speaking to you. The economy is contracting. Everything is beginning to collapse. Do you understand? Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. I want to thank those of you who have so faithfully been giving a number of people who have given for the first time this month and the and the radio is paid for for this month of august, and now we're beginning to prepare for next month's radio bill. This is a constant for me. I trust Jesus. you can write to me at the national prayer chapel post office box twenty three forty six woodbridge virginia two two that's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I hope these stern words of truth have pierced your heart and will cause you to get on your face before Almighty God and get right with Him and confess your sins and turn from them by the power of His blood. I love you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.